Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, maybe even some you've never heard of, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you can identify your unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. Today we're talking all about what it's like to have a career in graphic design with Alex Bartlett. He's a graphic designer working with an amazing sporting goods company called Kamek here in Austin. And Alex has held a variety of graphic design positions in his career and shares a lot of valuable insights, such as what it's like to work as a freelance graphic designer versus an in-house designer for a corporation versus even a design agency. And he also shares what you could do if you want to get your foot in the door and build up a career in graphic design without having to go back to school. And he also shares a lot of personal stories of taking unlikely jobs that got him to the rewarding career he has now. I also ask some tough questions like, is it true that people who major in creative fields in college have limited career options that are stable right out of college? He will answer all that and much more in this amazing episode. I absolutely loved this conversation with Alex and I know you will too. Enjoy and don't forget to leave a quick rating and review as you're listening. All right, Alex, I'm excited to have hit record and we're ready to go. I'm very excited to learn about the world of graphic design. In my experience, it's something that a lot of people talk about, but not many people have a sturdy career in. So very interested to hear about how you've built that out for yourself and your experience. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, there's design can be sort of this enigma, which is funny. We'll talk about my major is visualization, which Mm -hmm. is the broadest of broad words, but there are so many different avenues for what someone with a artistic creative leaning and understanding can do. Um, but yeah, it's, it comes ends up being crazy versus one person saying they're a designer and they only know how to use uh, a free software versus like Canva versus like (laughs) someone that has a full understanding of the entire Adobe creative suite. Like both these exist and are valid, but (laughs) <laughs> it can look exactly. A lot I've seen job postings for graphic designer positions on LinkedIn and it <laughs> a lot of them say this doesn't mean you just use Canva. Like you have to yeah, be experienced in so Adobe Creative Suite. That that's a clarification, <laughs> right? Like yeah. just the there's a lot of really cool tools out there where I'll actually recommend a lot of people use Canva and some of these really great mm-hmm. free softwares for what they need, but yeah, there's a big difference when it comes to do you understand the principles, sort of the, the the next layer of what it means to be a designer, you know, like typography and all these sort of technical terms. Uh, technical it, it can, things. yeah, you can get into the weeds real fast. <laughs> well, I'm excited to do some of that. Yeah. Well, let's just kick it off with what is your position? Like, where do you work and all of that? 
And what's a career dream of yours as well, whether that be big or small? Yes. So I work for a incredible company here in Austin, Texas named Kamek. Literally started out selling hammocks and now we sort of extended that out to all sorts of outdoor gear, camping equipment, tents, sleeping bags, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I do graphic design work for them. In general, I, I think I see myself being a creative director. So an art director is someone that's typically just sort of in charge of the art itself. But then a creative director is really over the entire project, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe they're handling with the art specifically at one point, but also dealing with part of the, the marketing and the messaging, the symbolism behind it, like all of these other aspects of it. Uh, we're a really small company at the moment. And so I am my entire department, but yes. hopefully we're <laughs> really optimistic. Like we've actually had some really great success over the last few years, sort of ramping up to where we think we can be and bringing on some other designers and things, you know, within the next few years. So could be possible in the future, hopefully sooner than later, but yeah, I think that'd be, be a lot of fun. It sounds like you are Austin, Texas incarnate working for a company that does all the outdoorsy things and you have this kind of broad role that almost seems a little startup-ish and you're doing something creative at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I, many people, so I I mean, in general, before working at Kamek, I love backpacking, camping, hiking, going outdoors. I've had a lot of just really incredible experiences abroad and, and traveling. And so most people who knew me finding out I worked for Kamek were like, oh, duh, yeah, okay. Wow. Uh, and so it, <laughs> it's been really cool to kind of fall in line with a job that, that does fit well. It wasn't always that way with other positions I've had, but yeah, it is the most stereotypical. Like I wear shorts and uh, t-shirts to work. Like our office hours are somewhat generous in terms of like when we're there or not, especially now in quarantine, but you know, like I aim to, I, aim, I tell people I aim to have a position where I never have to wear like real clothes to work, if that makes sense. Sounds like you're doing great on that goal. So yeah, far. so, so far, so good. Creative, if you're looking to be a, a creative, that's typically a perk is you can kind of dress a little more casual wherever you end up. <laughs> Sounds like you're living the dream. Okay, but take me back to student life. Like when did you graduate college and what did you earn your degree in? Maybe better question. I know you already mentioned it was visualization. What is that? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So I graduated a whopping four years ago, 2016. Same. uh, (laughs) From A&M as a visualization major, a whoop, all that good stuff. (laughs) So visualization is intentionally broad for a lot of reasons. It's sort of a weird major. Like A&M maybe isn't specifically known at large for being a creative school. Like we're known for mechanical engineering and really smart scientists and uh, business majors and all these really kind of A-list people that have come out of of A&M. But visualization is essentially three different majors kind of grouped into one. So it's graphic design, which is obviously what I do, but then there's also animation and game design. So it's sort of unusual in the sense of freshman year and sophomore year, you're you're learning a lot of the basics of art principles and art theory, uh, but then you're also getting sort of a taste of what are these different types of paths within essentially creativity and computers. Like those two things meet in an, an insane number of jobs. You know, wow. like if you think about all, where computers are now and all the different types of softwares that people, creatives use to achieve whatever they want, like that's super, super broad. And so 
it worked out really well because I got a taste of those things and kind of affirmed like, no, I actually want to do non-moving, you know, <laughs> flat or uh, non-animated kind of stuff. I do a little motion graphics, I guess, but getting to kind of see a window into those has turned me into a big movie animation game nerd. Uh, so I can appreciate those things. And I have friends that are kind of working in those worlds, but I can kind of stay in my bubble with doing design work and just admiring from afar. Is so cool. I definitely, I got to watch myself because I could so easily derail the conversation and go on some <laughs> rabbit hole. But I'm just curious, okay? I was on the other side of campus in the business school at the same time. Nice. You were business minor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Look at I, you. I've been shooting over there once in a while. All right. Maybe we put cross paths. I don't know. <laughs> um, but here's a question. I feel like the people in those kind of hard skills-ish majors, I said ish because sometimes business majors, you know, it's like, it's on the line. But like, okay, so I'm yeah. thinking business school, engineering school, they're the ones that sometimes statements like, oh, the liberal arts are like the creative majors, like, you're not going to have as much job security as, a, as us. And it's used to kind of inflate the <laughs> purpose in what we're doing, which we might or might not actually have any passion for. And so that's a huge generalization. But this is some things that I've heard. And I've even said when I was like, mm, what am I doing? I'm kind of, I wish that I just got to be more creative like you. So I'm curious for you to maybe just like bust any myths or tell me what the reality is. Like what kind of jobs did you and your peers get after graduation like did you accomplish your goal of like I know that you did but your peers accomplish your goal of getting into a job that really satisfies the creative itch that you got into that major for for me I got lucky in I found a job that was really I think on paper the most boring underwhelming unexciting design job of all time so at AM I got really lucky one of my friends was stepping down from this job and it was I can remember the official title. It's I was uh, became a student technician for the Public Partnership and Outreach Division of the Office of the Provost. What? <laughs> yeah, wasn't even okay. officially called a graphic designer. I think on LinkedIn I just changed it to graphic designer because no one knows what a student technician is, nor yeah. does it really describe anything. But it was so great because it was a moment for me to just get my foot in the door of just having that title on a resume, but then getting to see a little bit into the world of. I think a lot of, we may get into this, I think a little bit further too, like a lot of kids in college, including myself when I was there, have the idea that the first job makes or break your life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I think a lot of people in my field, I, I did end up getting lucky of like just getting a, a design job right out of school. But a lot of people in my field, especially if they were into wanting to work for, you know, some of the largest design agencies in the world or IBM or all these really just great creative hubs didn't get there. And that was sort of like, oh, oh, what, is, what is life? I have to revisit everything I've, yeah. I've worked for. But what I found with at least some of those friends is that it typically, one, helps them establish maybe they were doing it for unintentionally the wrong reasons, as you're talking about, like, I'm doing this job because it pays well, or it's the status that I've been told that I deserve or want or want to have. But then two, like, I think it's a good avenue, like for me and the jobs that I've had before being a Kamek, uh, to kind of see one area is that I do enjoy and have sort of an affirmation of, oh yeah, that's actually, I really do enjoy that. I want to keep doing that mm -hmm. in whatever job I have next. Uh, and then a lot of avenues of, oh, maybe I don't, like I really thought an agency was sort of the most obvious 
path for me, like work for a design agency, just work on branding and, you know, go from client to client and not really have an attachment to one specific company. And I've actually never done that. And I think I'm pretty content in not doing it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it was sort of like, I would argue that I have sort of missed expectations from what I think I wanted in college, Mm -hmm. but that's, I think really affirming in some ways of like, no one can really plan out their life in that way. So. Oh yeah. Especially in college, hate to say, but yeah, you still have so much to experience that will inform the next steps and what you actually like. So it sounds like you did find a lot of success in sticking with positions that were a type of role or it would give you the experience that you really wanted rather than it sounds like another example you were giving was I want to get into visualization and specialize in graphic design so I could go straight to working for my dream company dream company doesn't actually extend job offer oh no disaster I have to go be a business analyst at I don't know a financial advising company (laughs) and so it really it sounds like it did, did pay off to just get that experience like that strange like technician student technician role and yeah. whatever then you oh gosh yeah time. it was crazy awesome. like there were moments where like i would have to take a professor who's rightfully so earned this incredibly long title of mm. you know professor of blank blank studies and this master of degrees and this arts whatever it's like a three line long title <laughs> and they're like cool i want that really big and prominent and then I want this next 10 pages to fit on the last half of the page. What? So it was sort of like stuff that really never ended up in a portfolio. But yeah, really got, I think, an experience into there's a lot of things that even the dream job isn't necessarily like a dream job at all points. Yeah. Um, so you kind of oh, have to like agree. learn to roll with the punches and the things that you don't love doing. You do love doing the overall thing. So it was, <laughs> it was there's some good stories from well thank you for indulging that little rabbit hole with me back on track i'm curious about just an overview of the jobs that you've held post-grad until now and how long you've been in your current position yes so the first one may be a bit odd for a lot of your listeners it was so in college i had that student technician weird sort of half student design job um, the first role out of school was actually for a church here in Austin called the Austin Stone. And it's what is called a residency. So essentially a full-time internship, like maybe you could call it a junior designer type position. Uh, and, and for me, I have been involved with the church and just uh, different aspects of that all of my life. And so uh, was no stranger to that kind of position or concept, but never really saw that as a sort of realistic thing, just that I would want to do right after school. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, and I think what was really helpful that I still continue to this day to appreciate about that job was I saw a lot of value in actually all of the other aspects outside of just the work that I'd be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that program had a really valuable mentorship component to it. And the types of people that I had met in the interview process, I knew were the types of people that could encourage me, like challenge me. But then (laughs) there's a beauty in being a junior designer that I don't think a lot of people appreciate. They kind of want to be the boss already. Yeah. Um, But being in a position where, (laughs) how do I say, like not a lot is asked of you, essentially. You can fail pretty easily and a lot and not be fired or 
really strongly reprimanded. Like there's, really? there's a lot of freedom, <laughs> I think in not, hopefully not feeling all the time. Like I, I was really <laughs> able to really crush it, but there's a freedom, I think when you're young and out of school to be an observer more than a leader. I think there's some cool opportunities if you get to lead and, and really run something, but I got to basically be in a department with a lot of other really great creatives under another graphic designer who had been crushing it in the field for gosh, like five or six years. And really essentially he would get assigned a project and then I would essentially do some of the other work, maybe the smaller bits, like the, you know, less glamorous, big, like Sunday, whatever Mm -hmm. projects. But then every once in a while, as I was there longer and longer, was asked to like, Hey, do you want to like take this little bit of this big project or do you want to step into this thing? And Mm -hmm. not, all of those designs were often used or maybe heavily considered in sort of a final vision, but it was cool to get to sort of like throw my shot for some of these bigger projects. And if they accepted it, it was awesome. It was like, I've crushed it. I'm the greatest designer ever. (laughs) But then often not like them saying, Oh, maybe that actually doesn't really work for what we want. They were the kind of people that would actually walk me through. This is why we chose what we chose, like in terms of Mm -hmm. design aesthetic and symbolism and all these sort of things that are really Mm -hmm. important. And I could sort of sit down, understand those things and and keep going, even though I had, you know, maybe what people would consider like failed in getting my specific design through. But so it was really valuable to get that, I think, training early on. Mm -hmm. And so that was a two year gig, finished that up, uh, had great relationships with those people, but that was sort of predetermined to be that length, the chain of command that I could climb. And it, it didn't work out, I would say, overall, <laughs> without saying t- maybe too much. Um, I really valued the people I got to work with, but it just didn't end up working out with just the way that the company and creatives like kind of wanted to, to do things. And so I uh, was only actually there for probably seven months and then uh, learned a lot about the interview process and how important it is to really know and ask good questions of the people who are interviewing you and just you can't ask too many questions uh, i've learned <laughs> so yes we're, we're so, so fortunate true. to get that experience learn a lot and actually picked up some web design skills um so it wasn't by any means a waste just a, a really good learning mm-hmm. curve for me and then i've now bumped into where i'm at now at Canic, kind of doing every type of design under the sun i feel like <laughs> <laughs> all of it I'm curious about, and I'm sure that you've experienced so many different aspects of design in your career and trying out a couple different roles and companies, but give us an overview of the different variations or specialties or even just career paths someone can explore within the realm of graphic design. So I think broadly there are sort of three big categories of where you can work. So you can be in-house, which is you work for a company that is not a design agency, like really doesn't do design as their main objective. That can be nonprofits, Mm -hmm. for-profits, whatever. There's design agencies or brand agencies. and Obviously, like that's all that they're doing is working with other companies to help sort of establish an identity or a a marketing campaign or whatever that might be. And then there's full-time freelance And so within those, I'll kind of list off, I think, what come to mind of like sort of my top ones, but you can be like a visual, like brand identity designer. You can do more like marketing advertising type work, UI, UX, which is essentially like user experience, user interface for apps and websites. There's Mm -hmm. web design, 
publication design, packaging design, you can do motion graphics. One thing that I've started to get more into is environmental design, which is essentially like literally shaping the space around you. Like people do like signage and, and vinyl, like a retail space, maybe for a store, like that could be considered a part of environmental design. There's straight up just illustration and art. There's director positions, art director, creative director. And so that's we were talking about much earlier in the interview. Like there's sort of this endless pool of the different niches you can kind of fit into. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on where you work. So for me at in-house, I actually sort of tap into, I mean, almost all of those in different aspects, but I don't really go fully into just one of them. Whereas someone who knows all I care about is, you know, the website, all I care about is the web design, then that might help you sort of establish, okay, I need to be somewhere that all they're hiring me for is just to look at the website and help freshen it up or create it or or whatever. So there's a lot to unpack in that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure that this is like an endless matrix of if you're, I'm wondering things like if you're super, super specialized, does that mean that you have to work in an agency type role? Because maybe a company, well, they would have to be so large for you to have a consistent need. I feel like, is that true? Or Uh, yeah, I think yes and no. So I would say it's a good trait for any creative designer, whatever you want to say, person to at least be willing or hopefully have some kind of broad skill set. So obviously, as any kind of creative, you need to be able to draw at some level. I think (laughs) I say at some level because I think I was really down on myself early in my career because I am not maybe just like the greatest illustrative artist. Mm -hmm. Like faces have been a struggle for me, whereas one of my friends in college, one of my the people in my major just like was insane. Like there's always going to be these people that are better than you and what you deem the most important skill is mm-hmm. like yeah. comparison is really difficult that way. And especially in creative, creative fields. So to some degree, yes, if you're doing something really, 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 really specific, like you only do packaging design, then you're going to have to find a, either a big company or a place that like it's a website that only specializes in packaging design or, you know, it's an agency that has a client like Chick-fil-A that only needs someone to think about the container that fries come in. Yeah. You know, like those are really great things, but those are going to be really, really competitive to get to. Otherwise, you're a freelancer, I think is the easiest option in terms of being able to do whatever you want. But as I'm sure you know, just being an entrepreneur, like that comes with, you know, 95% of all this other stuff that isn't necessarily yes. just packaging design. Yeah. And 30% taxes. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just Health say that insurance. really loud and clear. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. But it has its virtues. 100% it has its virtues. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to someone who is considering graphic design and they're thinking, well, should I go the more corporate route or freelance? I guess what advice do you have? And then what indicators or warnings you have like maybe if you're not okay with this then don't do this or if you're good with this maybe do this instead yeah so I think a big part of just exiting college and even if you're out of college like just considering these types of roles is I think it is never understated to say that you need to really know yourself and what type of position you want so what I mean by that is 
I choose to work at a place like Kamek that is really not a design first type company. Um, we value creativity and we get to do a lot of really creative things. Like I'm working on, you know, designing socks, like I'm branding socks. That's really cool. I think that's really fun. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but that's not all of my job. And our bottom line is we're a company that has to make money. Even though we have some really cool core values that I really believe in, sort of the downside of this is going to be that creativity is not always going to be the first and foremost of what you're doing. So I think if you have it in your head and you're really excited about working at some of these big corporate design agencies, like I think own that, pursue that, um, but really maybe hopefully reach out to somebody in that field or listen to one of these podcasts or, you know, learn all you can about the environment that that is like go to an interview or go to a, um, I've been on plenty of tours when I was in college for all these different creative agencies. Those are really, really helpful to understand the culture at where you are. Cause at a big agency, like you're really only going to get to do, at least in my limited knowledge in that area, like you really only get to do that one thing you were hired to do. Mm-hmm. And so if you're young and you know for sure that all you care about is branding and you get to go work for a branding agency, like that's great. You're set for life and you're getting to pursue that really early on. But again, you know, referencing some of my other work experience, going into a field that wasn't specifically one type of design or one type of artistic style. Like I got to kind of test everything. You know, the church, we did big conference events and flyers and emails and social campaigns and different packaging for like CD album releases. Like I got to sort of see and tap into a lot of different avenues. And then from that go, okay, I'm really only interested in these sort of four types of design. So so valuable to get exposure early (laughs) on so you could know for sure what you like and what you don't like and then make an informed, informed decision, not just continuing to guess because you pigeonhole yourself constantly. So that's amazing. Okay. Here's, this is, everyone knows if you listen to any number of these job library episodes, you know that this is my favorite question because for some reason I just love the like truth telling drama of it. But what are some common misconceptions about a career in graphic design? (laughs) So (laughs) I think in general, if you're, so I do have done, I should say maybe a lot of part-time just freelance work on the side. Mm -hmm. And so for freelancing, I would speak to, there's every misconception under the sun for what it means to create design work. Um, If you're not a designer talking to a creative, I think there's a lot of expectations around the speed at which something can be done, uh, the quantity of drawings that you can create within an impossible amount of time. But for the designer, I think a lot of misconceptions are actually around creative control. So Mm -hmm. if you are, so in my job, I am essentially my department head because I am, I'm the entire department. Like I'm the only creative person, quote unquote, at my company. Um, but the that only actually, creative person. <laughs> right, right. I contradicts your it's, earlier point. Exactly. Everyone's well, people creative. People say I'm the only artistic person hired for the company. Gotcha. <laughs> Just giving so, you a hard time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you should. <laughs> so, so in that, it's, it's really, I think a lot of people assume that I sort of just control everything Visually, like I get to dictate how every single thing is going to look and feel. And uh, while a good portion of that is true, like ultimately I'm not 
the final say at the end of the day, right? Whereas yeah. you run your whole company, maybe that's a burden at some points to have to decide everything. Um, I'm the boss, but also <laughs> I'm the boss. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> at any job I've ever had, even if it's within a creative team or I am the whole team, unless you are the one with the final say at the end of the day, there are still going to be plenty of moments where you're going to have this design idea and you're going to think it's the greatest thing literally under the sun. It's the best <laughs> marketing visual campaign that you've ever thought of in your life. And your boss is going to say, oh no, we're not going to do that. Let's actually go with your least favorite option. And there's, I think, some learning to do in there. Like maybe you're not always right, but there are some moments where deadlines are going to be quicker than you think. Actually, they're always going to be quicker than you want them to be. And you sort of have to say, okay, I have this much time. In college, maybe I had a week and that was stated from the beginning. In the working world, I think you, you might say, okay, I have a week. And then a day later, it's, oh, it's, it's actually due tomorrow. And that's, you know, something that you don't have control over, you know, like maybe REI needs this certain image before they said they did and you got to be able to produce it. So I think there's some misconceptions around a lot of the visuals you're seeing in the real world from big companies to small companies is not often what the creative would say is like the most epic, final, totally complete result. It's just like any other business where this is what we could do and we're proud of under the constraints that we had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we never fix it later and we just move on, but you're not exempt from that just because, you know, you might consider yourself the most artistically yeah. savvy in the company. Ah, there's still veto power, I guess. And in the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, businesses are like profit and loss statement, you know? Yeah. That's, and that's, that's hard to, it's hard to wrestle with sometimes. I, I'm at a company where unfortunately it's not a, a big tension point but yeah like ultimately if it's not gonna make money then a lot of times like big boss isn't necessarily concerned if it looks worse than the design that you had in place originally (laughs) yeah they want to communicate whatever translates into into dollars Hey there, I hope you're loving this conversation with Alex as much as I am, but let me just say, if you're listening to this episode right now because you're interested in making a career pivot, then I just wanted you to know I'm here to help you do just that in record time without the stress of analysis paralysis or the fear of making the wrong choice. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp. I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you can have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular career path out of a sea of options and then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program, so you could have me by your side walking you through each step of a career transition, from discerning God's will for your life and what path you're truly called to take, to finding the exact job title that aligns with that, and then actually getting hired for that position with confidence and speed. I'm here to be your personal career coach from start to finish. My signature two-month private career coaching program includes seven weekly coaching sessions with me, access to the library of guides and workbooks I've created to propel you further and faster to your goal between sessions, as well as the unlimited support I offer in between sessions to help you nail down 
all the practicals like your networking messaging and strategy, your resume, getting you ready for interviews and preparing you for negotiations, I am going to help you save a load of time, stress, and dead-end job applications, I can tell you that. If all that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. To take the first step, go to my website, kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through your unique challenges and achieve your highest goals so you could fulfill the vision and hopes God has put on your heart for your career. I only work with people who are ready to go deep, do the work, and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path, to building an impactful career aligned with who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do. Then go to kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to get started. Talk to you soon and back to the episode for now. Wonderful things about all this, but anyway, tell me about a typical day in the life for you, like your hours that you typically work? And then what kind of are the predominant tasks that you are involved in throughout the day? Yeah. So this is where I might sell the most people on becoming a graphic designer. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) For Kamek, because we're small, so we're a company of nine people. So, so really small, which means we have Monday mornings, we get a meeting. So today, you know, it's walking through here are sort of the big objectives that are either ongoing for months now or previous weeks or what we're about to sort of see in the next week to upcoming month. Make sure everyone's on the same page and sync. And that's kind of where we schedule out meetings for the rest of the week. So I work really closely with our marketing lead, obviously on all sorts of visual campaigns, emails, sort of all the ways that we're communicating to potential customers what we're doing. And then I'll schedule sort of all these different meetings with all the other people in our department, maybe it's our product designer to work on packaging kind of based on what's coming up. So a lot of Monday is not necessarily a lot of creative work per se. It's more logistical, mm-hmm. you know, planning to set yourself up well for the week. And then really Tuesday through this week is, is really conking uh, a lot of that out, just really nailing mm-hmm. um, sort of a lot of these bullet points. Um, our hours are pretty, well, they're very generous now, I guess, in, in, in quarantine life. <laughs> Um, in general, it's a pretty steady nine to five. Um, we have some just flexibility in our roles that if you get your work done, you're kind of in and out of the office as needed. You know, past, They're like, like, go to the green belt, paddle yeah, board on the river. Right. This is Austin. <laughs> so Exactly. You live in Austin. Kamek's uh, sort of tagline is time outside. And so like we're elevating oh. time outside, like literally in the sense of we're selling products that are helping to literally do that like off the ground. But then obviously like elevating in the sense of like putting it sort of higher in people's minds of like, this is something that's restorative and worth doing and and valuable to you. And so we get to really own that by like living it out ourselves, which is great. I highly recommend everyone work for a company that loves spending time outside. (laughs) Is Kamek looking for a career coach? I don't know, freelance. Uh, You know, you would be the first on the list. Okay. Okay. Just let me know. I throw your name in for a recommendation. Just let me know. All right. I'd like to say that my resume made via Canva, you might kind of like it. (laughs) Maybe. 
You know, that's, maybe that's another misconception I can talk about for working in design is that not all graphic designers are design snobs. Oh, so that's something that's really funny. God bless is, you. <laughs> maybe that's a personality thing, but I'll actually get, uh, and this is, I think, a valuable thing for other creatives to hear is a, a big part of my job that is not necessarily traditionally what people consider something to look for in a design job is mm-hmm. I actually end up teaching a lot of design principles to my coworkers and then just other people I work with in freelance. So I think it's unfair to expect that a person trying to launch their own startup business knows all of the design principles and how to follow them. Mm-hmm. Right. It seems very obvious, but I think when I worked in did freelance more full time, I got a lot of people, fellow designers complaining to me about, Oh, you know, there's this client that wants a bright green, you know, logo for their, I don't know, new like construction business. And that's just like the worst decision of all time. That's <laughs> an obvious, maybe over yeah. the top example, but I would typically just say back like, well, do they know why bright green is something that is may not be favorable to potential customers? Like that's yeah. a really obvious thing in a designer's mind, you know, maybe everyone's mind for this example, but in my nine to five at Kamek, a lot of that goes into when I present stuff during, at work, you know, I may be the most excited about a design that I've done and I'm bringing three concepts to the table, but I have to be able to communicate mm-hmm. why hopefully all three of them accomplish the objective that we have. And then also why this specific one based on the typography, the arrangement, maybe the spacing or whatever decisions I've made on the illustration, like why that accomplishes tangible goals. So it's like form and function have Whoa. to meet in a really important way and you have to be able to communicate that. That is so interesting to hear about this element of pitching and yeah, I guess pitching your idea and translating. Here's why this is meaningful. Here's the purpose behind what, why I designed it this way. And here's how it's going to meet our team's objectives or my, you, the client's objective. And that's so different than, Hey, I just drew five different designs. Do you like a, B, C, D, or E, let me know. I'll export the file. Like that, yeah. that is different. That's yeah, so and that's, I think, you know, maybe something to consider is the college assignments that you do where you sort of put your work up on a table and you have to explain to your professor why you did what you did. Mm-hmm. That's not going away. It, hope, it should, I think, if you want your work to be the best it can be. Like you have to be able to own your idea, believe in it, sell it like it's the greatest thing ever. But then you're willing to take, you know, a negative response. Like a lot of design yeah. is putting yourself out there saying, this is what I think we should do. And then being okay with, oh yeah, for sure. Or no, that's terrible. Like let's move on to, you know, idea number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that might feed into my next question, which I was going to ask about what you enjoy the most about your job, but then also what's a little bit less lovable. Yeah. So I, I love a lot of things with my job. I've been really fortunate to sort of with the different positions I've had sort of stumble into this role. My company Kamek is, we have core values of adventure, community, and love. And those are not maybe the most standard company values, especially like externally facing. And that for me was a really big identifier of why I wanted to work here. I'm maybe the less typical designer in that I'm incredibly extroverted more likely to spend time out of my room 
mm-hmm. hanging out with other people, like trying to experience the most interaction and conversation that I can. Whereas I know a lot of my friends were more of the introverted, I'm going to stay in my room and draw for 10 hours and you know, it really enjoy that creative process of just like sort of making things exist. And so be encouraged if you're an extroverted designer, like there's a lot of space for you in the world. You are welcome here. <laughs> you are welcome here. And so I, I love getting to essentially take design concepts and try to translate those into those core values. Like how can I help build community through visual mediums? You know, like if someone's seeing us on a store shelf versus, you know, a big competitor brand, are there elements of design that I can bring to the table that help that person feel like, oh, this is, if I buy this, I'm sort of becoming a part of this community, or I have a sense that I'm a part of something that's more meaningful or valuable outside of me just owning this myself. Or maybe that's leading to an interaction with friends that is going to have a really great story for them, a meaning for them like 10 years down the road when they went camping with a buddy. So that's, that's the very optimistic side, I think, of design. The less glamorous parts of it is, I mean, you just, you do a lot of work that isn't necessarily what you would say is the most creative worthwhile stuff. Like I get to do a lot of really cool, fun, totally awesome projects like working on socks, packaging for products that are going to be on store shelves across the country. Like there's a lot of really cool, like portfolio hype worthy kind of things that you get to do. But then there's also just like emails that need to be made that always, you know, like, I don't know if I'm going to sell someone on a future interview. Like I made this really cool email and it got this many people to buy this product. Like that's not why I'm in the design game, (laughs) but that's, I mean, that's a lot of the tangible profit that we get in terms of like, it's the most effective value for the amount of money we spend in acquiring customers. And so it's just like a really, my little business brain was just like, Oh, okay. So you coordinate through emails. No, you're saying like you actually design email marketing. If I'm yeah. So our marketing lead and I partnered through. So, I mean, essentially like, you know, it shouldn't surprise me. (laughs) Just (laughs) Yeah. So like if you, you know, Nike will send, if you get on their like newsletter, like they'll send you updates about new shoes that are dropping or that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it's, it's really, it's a lot of that of, you know, either we have new products coming out, we're trying to hype them up and tell you about them. We've tried more recently to get into more content around people, like community focused things, like how can we show our values being lived out in hopefully ways that are beyond just Kamek. But I, I, I actually, I have a hand in designing every single one of those. We're working on a system where I can kind of set up our marketing lead to take over some of the simpler design aspects of that with the software we use. But yeah, a lot of it's still, you know, one hour design challenge where I just sit there and go, okay, here's the content I need to make into an email. Go. And that's sort of what it is. And so mm-hmm. some of them, it can be fun, but it, it's one of those, although it's not maybe like, it's not as glamorous of a thing to get to work on. It's still a very important aspect of it. Like it's not what I'm going to tell you about in a future interview, or I'm not going to share a story about a fun email I had made with, <laughs> you know, my coworkers, but it's a, it's a necessary part of the job. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. For sure. You don't have to tell me twice. I know that from just like <laughs> business-wise, email marketing is one of the best ever. So it makes total sense yeah. that that would be a place where they have you focused on. So if somebody, let's say you have a friend, is like, hey, Alex, I want your advice. I'm pretty sure 
that I'm interested in pursuing a career like yours, but I want to be sure. What would you tell them that they have to have in terms of like qualities or strengths to be compatible with the job and what they would have to like and what they would just have to be okay with? So I think the most obvious like is that you have to really enjoy design principles. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you just really enjoy drawing and making fun pictures. I think that's a a really interesting field for illustration and typically is a more freelance route where you get to really own the one thing you get to enjoy doing. And then whoever wants to kind of work with you can approach you or you can reach out to them and sort of make that deal. For a lot of these other jobs and like my field in design, you have to be really, like you have to be able to, to have like a frustrating day or something not end up the way you want to and still be excited about it the next day. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be moments where you have some healthy tension with your coworkers on like you, you're really battling out the ideas for the way that you want this to look or feel. Um, And you're not going to be right all the time. And so it's really valuable to have coworkers that you love and trust and believe in as well. Get to sort of speak into some of your designs and go, okay, you Mm -hmm. want it to convey this, you're selling this, but, I think it actually is telling me that it conveys this emotion instead. Mm. And so there are some days where I'm frustrated because I can really, (laughs) I can often think that I'm just crushing it in all these different design skills. And then I wake up the next day and go, Oh no, they were totally right. Like this this didn't convey anything of what I thought it did. So you have to really be able to handle criticism. Like it's hopefully you've learned a lot of that through just whatever art training you've had before this, but um, that doesn't stop. Like I fully believe if I'm running an entire department and I'm the creative director, there's still moments where I'm going to say, this is it. And this is what we are doing as a team. And I want people on the team to be able to approach me and go, okay, this is what we're trying to do and accomplish, but I don't really think it's hitting the mark. And I need to be able to receive that, maybe explain yes. we're doing it anyway, but that's an important, I think, skill, especially if you're introverted of um, you have to believe in your idea, stand for it, fight for it, and, and own it, but be content mm. in like, getting a no. Like, you have to be able to wake yeah. up the next day and go, I still like this, even if it's not super fun right now. That's such an interesting dynamic to this profession that I think in most anyone's minds, including mine, when you say, I'm a designer, I'm a graphic designer, or whatever it is, I'm just thinking of the art you produce but the real dynamics that dictates potentially what you feel like going throughout your job in the day is, I guess, how good your negotiation proposals and then just healthy detachment skills are. Because <laughs> you have to be a really strong communicator, it seems, and be able to appropriately persuade, deeply collaborate, but then be okay with whatever happens. But then obviously, I think this is maybe what you were alluding to towards the beginning of the interview, saying you have to ask, you have to interview your interviewer and make sure that you're really a good fit for that company and really going to be a compatible fit for that team. Because these are the people that you're kind of going to be duking it out with on your designs all day, every day. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I, you know, hopefully, and I want to emphasize, like it's a a good like positive respect and relationship that you yeah, have. Like yeah. I'm fortunate at Kamek that that is the case where it's, we are all really passionate and really good and qualified at what we do. And we allow 
people that are skilled maybe in other ways and have different perspectives. Like I get to talk to our operations lead who's handling logistics of products and I'll occasionally bring her into some designs that I have and ask her opinion on what she thinks as someone that's not stuck in design worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, like our customers are not all, mostly not all graphic designers. And so being able to sell yourself, being able to like walk in and confidently say, this is what I think we should do as a creative, I think is a rare, like undervalued skill. Cause it's typically like, I made a cool art piece here. It is love it. Um, <laughs> and that's really like, that's a core part of your job is you got to really to crush design, but there's so much more of it. That's I think the bigger part of what's going to be a successful career is do I understand concepts enough to teach other people, explain to other people, walk someone else through where I'm thinking and what I'm doing. I don't think all designs like that, but I think for me, the work that I value the most and will look back on the most fondly is things that I can put really important thoughts and words and energy to. Like I can think about and go, okay, yeah, this was a really cool project because we got to convey all these really cool experiences that hikers had along the trail. We got to bring people into those stories. So it adds some layer and I think some interest to just like a flat illustration. Yeah, sounds really meaningful. So here's, I bet, what people are curious about. I I feel so many people will have a little spark in their heart, like, oh, that just seems like such a cool job. So if they actually want to pursue it, what would you say are the minimum qualifications, experientially or training, tools, or even formal schooling, if that's required to get their foot in the door? Yeah, so... For me, I think there is a level of having a design degree that's going to just so greatly benefit you and getting your foot in the door. Where designers are really fortunate is that that's really not, that's, it's going to stop there, I think, for most degrees that you have. It's not like Harvard where that's sort of like a default, you went there, here's a free job, mm-hmm. sort of wherever you go. There are some really incredible art schools that are going to definitely give you a leg up if you're sort of right out of school hunting for a job. But ultimately a lot of people can see your work before they hire you, right? Because designers, we have a portfolio. And so unlike any other position where you have a resume and you have to kind of go in and pitch yourself on all these other things that you can do and what you're skilled at, a person hiring you is going to be able to see, oh, this is actually the type of design work you can do. I can just factually see it. Yeah. Um, and you have to sort of explain how you did it and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think take heart that if you're at, you know, a place like Texas A&M that isn't known for being an art school, that's really not a disqualifier at all for most any job that I can at least think of. But like, that's not to say it's still really can be really valuable to have a like paper degree um, just for the sake of, kind of getting you a leg up on the people that maybe are just as skilled at you and just as knowledgeable and sort of principles of design. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people in this day and age still value the discipline and a lot of sort of the subtle things that a degree can signify if you have one. Yeah. I mean, if I'm hearing you right, it seems like the degree of course is highly valuable, yet your, yet slash and your portfolio still speaks for itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say someone 
is past their schooling and they're into the workforce wanting to make a career pivot and very keen on limiting the amount of training or school they would have to do before just breaking in in any way to the graphic design field. Like, what would you say are the absolute minimum things they should do to just get a start? Is it training in certain tools or certain networking things that you would recommend or anything like that? The answer may surprise you in that I would probably most recommend YouTube. Um, Heck yeah. There, there was a lot. Built of my business on YouTube, yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot. Of, it's, I think it's actually not that shocking of a revelation in 2020 where it may have been crazy four or five years ago to say that, but there were actually plenty of moments even in college where the you know, teacher would teach you something and I would have to go online and sort of watch someone else do it to sort of get a different perspective on, on how yeah. to draw a certain thing or understand a specific concept. And so if you are looking for a career change and you don't already have sort of this portfolio of work to, to show someone, take heart that it really just means you just need to start drawing or start creating whatever it is you want to create Mm -hmm. Accept and be totally okay. It's not good or not (laughs) at a level that you think someone would hire you for one. You might be surprised just uh, what people are looking for. Maybe your style is kind of perfectly suited for, for what this small freelancer person wants for their Mm -hmm. entrepreneur business they're starting but then two like that's the only way to build a portfolio is you have to make work i I would say portfolio is still king just because that's the only way someone's going to really see who you are in terms of how you create but that that's going to be key i think is if you want to do cartoons like if you want to be an illustrator for cartoons like you have to have cartoons to show me and so even if it's like just dorky doodles that you've been doing uh, you know, in your business meetings at a, whatever company you're at, like those are valuable and those are so crucial for you just to like explore that avenue, just dive the deepest you can into it, see if it's something that other people like or enjoy. Uh, and then you can kind of go, okay, no, no one likes this. Maybe it's not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to start drawing this other cartoon and at least have something to sort of build a portfolio off of. Haha, <laughs> that's cool. It sounds like <laughs> you could just start building up a portfolio in some kind of freelance capacity, maybe start working for free, builds it up to pay to just get your portfolio. But what if someone's end goal is to pivot into, let's say that they really want to keep their health insurance, they're not super interested in staying freelance forever. Mm-hmm. Would that be an on-ramp to getting a corporate type position that they're desiring? Absolutely. So that was actually, I've never done freelance as a full-time position. It's only ever been on the side of whatever full-time job I had. Fortunately for me, it's, I've been doing design as that full-time job, but freelance for me when I was starting out, my first job out of school was for a friend of mine branding this sort of nonprofit ministry. And I had no clue what to charge. I had heard concepts of like, you're supposed to have contracts for people to sign. And I was like, what does that even mean? What is a contract? What are a contract? Do I even have the rights to like give people legal bounds for things? Uh, There was so much of freelancing that was impossibly intimidating. And I I was was fortunate that I kind of told him like, I've never done this before. You 
give me the money, like the amount of money that you think that this is worth and I'll feel good about it. We'll just start there. And that, <laughs> I would never charge that much now for a branding of an entire sort of new ministry. But at the time it was awesome because I was like, oh, I'm getting to do the work I want to do. Someone sees the talent or, you know, the creative potential that I have and they like at least some of the doodles and stuff I've shown them from school. And they're like, all right, I'm going to pay you this much to, to do this work. And so have some confidence in yourself that if <laughs> someone reaches out or you share something with somebody and they're like, oh, cool, can I get that on a t-shirt or can I, you know, use this in whatever campaign, be okay to be, how do I say this? Not ripped off, but like be content if you're not hitting all of the logical marks you should be as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone does it differently. There is no right rate to charge you'll learn over time what your worth is and what your value is as, as a freelancer. If you're doing it full time, you'll just slowly increase that over time because you need to pay for health insurance and all these really good yes. things. <laughs> if it's always a part-time gig, then maybe you can sort of blend that into, I've used it as a way to get to work with different types of companies that I don't necessarily want to charge a lot from, but I love the work that they're doing. And I love getting to be able to almost pro bono support them and, encourage them and let their businesses thrive through some of the experience I can bring to them. But yeah, those first few freelance projects are just a weird, like I had to Google invoice and I just like sort of stole an invoice offline, changed some of the design features of it to look prettier and sort of ship that out. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of just like sort of pick it up and figure it out as you go. That's scary, but I think kind of fun when you look back on it and go, Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't know what I was doing, but. That's, oh, yeah. I think, a lot of, that's everybody's story. <laughs> I completely relate. Even though my services were not of the design nature, I felt the same, petrified by like, wait, contract? Invoice? Huh. PayPal? No, Venmo. Kelsey, don't charge Venmo. That's going to make you look so ratchet. Okay, Venmo. start a PayPal account. <laughs> oh, you do Venmo. Oh, I do Venmo now. And I, people have told me all the time, like, oh, you shouldn't do Venmo. That's like, you know, way too unprofessional and i'm like it works it works (laughs) it works it works one day i'll figure out a professional venmo or paypal account and all that Uh, the the world goes on it's fine that's so funny oh gosh i feel like you've already given a lot of solid advice nested in all of your answers but just to round it out, I'd love to hear what is just one nugget of career advice that you've gleaned from your journey thus far. Something that a mentor of mine told me in college that has just stuck with me every day of my life since is be a student of yourself. This really is true of any career in life, but in design, I think there's a really cool thing about getting to channel our creative energy into visual means like artwork and sort of all these seemingly unimportant things in culture from a tactical perspective you know like if you're an engineer and you're building physical houses and bridges or you're a politician making whatever executive changes it can feel a lot of times that creatives aren't necessarily adding a the same amount of value to the world in terms of like practical results. But as we know, and I think hopefully a lot of listeners know, like creativity is this sort of endless world for all types of people and especially designers to sort of take words and concepts and ideas and beliefs, sort of translate them to a broader audience. 
mm. right? So like a, a flag, a poster, an album cover, like all these different ways that you can convey an emotion or an idea, or even in this Black Lives Matter movement, there's sort of stylistic choices that are actually like artistically based in terms of colors and font styles, like things that most people aren't thinking about are helping sort of shape how we all collectively as a world think about this specific movement or any other type of movement. And so if you're a student of yourself and you can sort of sit down and know, this is who I am, this is how I think about the world, then the way that you're going to be able to translate design to someone else is going to be that much more effective. So a lot of things I've been talking about as we've been going through the interview about being able to sell your ideas and sort of pitch yourself and communicate what you're trying to achieve in this art starts with, do I even believe in it myself? Do I understand the work that I'm doing? The hard pill to swallow may be that you may not always believe in the design that you're doing. Stay positive in those moments if you're at a job that isn't creatively satisfying or isn't maybe specifically the type of job you thought would, it would be when you started. Yeah. It's not a waste. You're not doomed, but be learning in that moment. Be content to not have the best day of work because you're not doing what you want to do creatively, but know that I'm at least getting to learn a hard skill or, okay, in this type of mm-hmm. situation, when I'm experiencing conflicts, like I need to learn how to communicate clearly and effectively in a way that is not harmful or hurtful for our working relationship. There's a lot of different aspects of being a designer that isn't just the fun, create cool work. Um, I think the people that I've seen are the most successful, are really good at what they do. Like they're really solid in their craft, but they also are good teachers and they're able to communicate what's up here, like out into the real world um, with their words just as effectively as they do with, you know, a, a pen and paper. Such an inspiring answer. I loved it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I just had the most fun in this interview. And I, I know that any listener must feel the same. So thank you so much for all that you shared and for spreading some light on this profession called graphic design. And as well as really lending a helping hand to anyone who's interested in this profession to see how can I get started. So I really, really appreciate it. Kelsey, thank you for having me. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. 
I hope you enjoy the other Benchable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.